Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. You're black because you're not white. It was just like, I don't really know how to say it in a very like political way. But it's more like we should be in this together and not being like, oh, I'm black. Oh, I'm Dominican. Oh, I'm Costa Rican. Oh, I'm Jamaican. It's just like, please, enough. Stop. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also. We release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Ladies, today we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. Melissa Sutherland Moss is a Brooklyn-based interdisciplinary artist working across collage, assemblage, and social engagement. Her art explores the intersection of her identity and world experiences. As a Black woman of Costa Rican descent, Melissa's motivation often stems from an exploration of where she fits in within these cultures. Her work has been exhibited and critically acclaimed all over New York, including her solo exhibition, You're Black Because You're Not White. In 2018, Melissa co-founded SK Art Space, a safe space for artists to express themselves, expand their network, and connect with like-minded individuals within the community. Melissa has been featured in Forbes, Essence, Refinery29, and there's so much more that we can say about her. But we want to introduce you to this amazing soul so that you can catch this vibe in real time. So Melissa SK, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you. Yes, yes, we are. And so we are going to get started with the quote of the day. And Melissa, this quote will sound really familiar to you. Because, you know, we do our research (laughs) and we get in all your interviews and your social media. And this quote comes from your Black Enterprise interview. Whichever route the future holds for me, the mission will remain the same. To collect, create, preserve, and celebrate the histories of Black and African people across the diaspora. I love that. Ooh, I said that. You Ooh. said that. Yes. <laughs> you said that. I like that. So when you when you hear your words being reflected back to you about what your mission is, what comes up for you? 
I feel like, I don't know, hearing that for the first time, like as you read that out loud, I was just like, wow, that's really true. That's really true because I feel like on this journey, a lot of things happen. Life be lifing, first of all. Yes, it does. Lifing. Come on. And to hear that and to hear me say that no matter what the journey is or whatever happens in this lifetime, that the mission will always remain the same. And I'm like, yeah, that's very true. I feel like no matter where I land, on this earth, I'm always going after the same thing. So it's really refreshing to hear. That's so beautiful. I feel like we had a mantra on one of our seasons that kind of spoke to that. So that's so beautiful. Definitely resonates. And we would love to know, Melissa, what is your origin story? Like, when did your love for art begin? Take us back to the beginning. Yeah, I feel like that is a question that I get asked often and I feel like I want to be corny and say, I was just born here to do this, right? But if I could think all the way back, I feel like my first memories of creativity stems around my my cousin who was an illustrator at FIT. And he asked me one day to pose so that he can sketch me. And Ever since then, I've been on an art crazy. And I just feel like I, I feel like it was already in me, but it just took somebody to just show it to me. And then it was like, when I saw the sketch, when he was done, I was just like, oh, I want to be an artist. I want to do this. And I started sketching like designs and apparel and like runway things. So I did a lot of those sketches and then it just sort of like snowballed into just love. How old were you at that time? I was in middle school. So that's like six to eight, eighth grade. So like 11, 12, 13, around there. And here we are today. With your solo exhibition, which, by the way, I just have to say this title, like, I, I, I love it. And I'm curious. You're black because you're not white. Right? Like, that is, like, powerful. Like, I, ha- I have so many, like, thoughts and questions. <laughs> And I want to hear from you about what the journey has been like putting together this exhibition and what has been, and through this journey, what has been the most fulfilling part of it? I feel like the journey is always like a tumultuous one. It's always like, you know, up and down, left and right. And I feel like that title was inspired by the back and forth conversations about race and about colorism. And it was just like a lot of debate happening around that time, just about like who we are as an individual, like our skin color. And I felt like it was just very white against people of color. But then the people of color were like against each other in a very strange way. And while we're fighting against this other group of people, we're like literally fighting within ourselves. So it's like two fights at once. And I feel like the that comment was just like, you're black because you're not white. It was just like, I don't really know how to say it in a very like political way, but it's more like we should be in this together and not being like, oh, I'm black. Oh, I'm Dominican. Oh, I'm Costa Rican. Oh, I'm Jamaican. It's just like, please, enough. Stop. So that's kind of where the, the title was more like this, this comeback statement. More so just like a title that describes a whole story. It's, it was more like a comeback statement. But then the depth behind it, what there's so many different stories behind it too, because the body of work is created on brown paper bags. And then the brown paper bags has so much 
significance to it, just in terms of like in the fifties where they use the brown paper bag to put it against your skin to be like, yeah or nay, you can come in, you can't come in. You know, if you pass the skin test, they use the brown paper bag for that testing purpose. And so I use that to sort of like an opportunity to talk about history, to talk about like where we were before, where we are now, we're still in the same space and just using art to sort of tell that story and bring up that part of history that I feel like is super critical to how we are communicating with each other now. But yeah, so that's the sort of like tie in between you're black because you're not white and the brown paper bag and like the seared, the body of work when you look at it. I think the most fulfilling part is people looking at the body of work for more than like a minute. You ever like go to a gallery or an exhibit and you come across, you looking at the artwork and it's like cool stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. you give each piece of work maybe about 15 to 20 seconds max and you're like, oh, this is nice. And you move on and you're like, wow, this is dope. Spend another 30 seconds and then you move on, right? That's kind of, right. I felt like people were like standing for like five minutes trying to like, wow, orb the work. And like just really interacting with it. I had like little small quotes that like traveled in between the frames. And so you saw people's eyes traveling and like really looking at this body of work, like, wow, like this is ballsy. Like, did you really do this? (laughs) Are you, do you really want to talk about this? It's just, it's so in your face. And I felt like people were like spending time with the work, which I felt like that for me was fulfilling because I spend so much time creating it. So when people only spend 10 minutes, look like 10 seconds looking at it, it's like, dang, it was, it wasn't hitting, huh? It wasn't hitting. But like this body of work, like really, I felt like people really got a chance to like dive in and spend time with it. And that was like the most fulfilling part for me. That is so beautiful and so layered. I love how you kind of gave us the different the different perspectives on like what inspired you to create in the way that you did. Now, lady, you know, this is a grown woman podcast. Okay. And chances are, if you're an avid listener, you know, we get a little blatchet over here. We get bougie, classy, and we get ratchet. So today's sponsor should not come as a surprise. Uber Lube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little bit of vitamin E. The vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body-safe ingredients and nothing beats Uber Lube. Y'all, I done tested this out myself and let me tell you, it's A1, okay? It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal. There's no flavor or scent. It's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And Uber Lube even works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, hot tubs, the bathtub, all that good stuff, okay? Right now, Uber Lube is offering Cultivating Her Space listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code herspace at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use code herspace at u-b-e-r-l-u-b-e.com. I will say I am not a talented artist like you, Melissa, but I am a creative and I feel like I've heard this narrative that like many creatives struggle with depression and anxiety. And I saw in an interview, you and one of your colleagues were talking about the artist's journey with depression and anxiety. And, you know, we talk about mental health on the podcast. I was like, oh, I really want to ask you, what has been your journey with experiencing depression and anxiety as a, as a creative and as an artist? How does that, how does that fit within your process? How does it impact your work? So just give us all the things around it, please. That's a loaded (laughs) one, right? So that conversation that you're referring to was with Kina LeBlanc. We talk about all the things, mental health all the time, because this is a, this is a hot topic within our community. And it's something that I struggle with all the time. And sometimes I'd like to label it depression or sometimes it's not, I don't know. I give titles to these things because I do go through moods and sometimes they last a year. Sometimes they last longer. Unfortunately, I don't like when they last that long. 
But I do go through moments where I'm hitting like rock bottom. And it's not because like, you know, if I've hit hardship. It's just like one day you wake up and you're like, mm, I, this is not it for me. And I don't know why. I don't know why we wake up like that. Maybe subconsciously somebody said something to us two days ago and now it's festering. And now we, you know, I feel like artists, creatives are very sensitive. I am so sensitive. Like somebody can say one thing and like, I'm like, damn, my work does suck. It just, it takes that one comment sometimes, like as an artist, that's why I always laugh at the comment, the the quote that Erica Badu says in her song that everybody always repeats, but I get it now. Like I'm an artist and I am sensitive about my, the journey has been hard for me because it's really hard coming out of a space when you're deep into like a depression state, it's really hard to come out of it. And so I spent a lot of time figuring out how to come out of dark circles, but I do deal with it. And there's a lot of things that I do to help me cope. Like, so I have routines. One of my routines is I spend 30 minutes in the shower. It's very expensive, but I use that time to meditate, to think the shower drowns out noises. And I live in New York city. So, you know, New York city is loud. So like the sh- the 30 minute shower, and this is every day, this is why I say it's expensive. Every day I'm like in the shower, meditating, just feeling my feet on the ground, feeling the water running through my scalp. Like it's very necessary to do that every day. And then I'll just try to find moments of like happiness, like things that make me feel good and focus on the things that feel good. Even if it's like getting an ice cream bar. There's some times where I'm in that moment and I need an ice cream bar like every day and I go get it every day until I don't want it anymore. And it's just like, just do the things that make you feel good until you're able to come out of that dark circle because it's hard as an artist. But yeah, there are things that I do to take care of myself. Like I love getting my nails done because visually for me, it makes me happy visually. It's expensive, but oh. It makes me feel good. And so it's little things like that, like waking up every day and putting on your brows. That makes me feel good. And so because I learned myself very well, I know that when I'm going into a slump, I have to like amp up. I'm amping up. I'm getting dressed. I'm putting on my finest t-shirts. I'm putting on, I'm putting on my best lash. I'm putting on lashes today. I'm not going nowhere, but you know what? I'm putting the lashes on today. You know, things that just make you feel good. And I think that a lot of artists need to like hone in on that skill, like figuring out the things that make you feel good and being active about doing those things. I love that. And I'm going to just say, lady, if you are listening and not watching us, you need to watch us because Melissa just flashed us these beautiful nails. I was like, yes, nails. Yes. These nails are fabulous. And so you have to catch us on Patreon if you want to see Melissa's fabulous nails. <laughs> Melissa, what I love so much about what you said is being intentional about doing the things that make you feel good. And I love how you adapt to your environment. What I hear oftentimes, because in my therapy practice, I'm constantly telling folks, what, let's, let's figure out what are the things that make you feel good and let's do those things, right? And oftentimes when folks are in a depressed space, they lack the motivation and the energy to do the things that make them feel good, right? So then when I'm suggesting, well, remember when you said X, Y, and Z makes you feel good? Then they come up with all the reasons why they can't, Right? And I love how you figured out how to adapt. You're in New York City. So my guess is being able to step outside and plant your feet in the grass and get grounded and rooted with the with the earth in that way might not be easily accessible for you. So you you make that a part of your shower ritual. And I love that. I love how you make that adaptation to do what's necessary and what's within your realm of capabilities to make yourself feel good. 
I, I, I love that so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's important though, like seriously critical, like mental health is so important to be diligent about making sure that your vibrations are high. Because with everything that's going on in the world, just outside of just our personal chaos, the world is, we like, we going through some things. We going through some things. And then you have your own personal life going on. So it's just like, we have to be super, super conscious about our vibrations and what is influencing or affecting our our flow of energy, like what we're giving out and what we're receiving. So, yeah. I love that you also talked about learning yourself because your self-care practice may not look like everyone else's. And so for you, you're like, you know what? I know when I put these brows on and I saw your nails too. You said they're expensive. I see all the crystals. I see all the jewels on the nails now. Okay. But that's your thing. Like if you know that this is what I need to feel that way, I love that you say that. And the last thing I want to say about this topic is that I remember back in the day, I used to think that, oh, if I do self-care, like you know, I did it on Monday. Okay, I'm good for a couple months. No, boo. Like the same way you shower and bathe every day, you got to keep your spiritual and vibrational practice up as well. And so it's never a set it and forget it thing. It's like we're constantly revisiting. And then when we evolve as, you know, as women, we got to shift things again. So I love, love, love that you share those practices that folks can pick up and try on to see if it fits for themselves. And so mm-hmm. what I want to ask you about now, Melissa, is can you talk to us a little bit about SK Art Space and what inspired you to co-found the space with your girls and just tell us what people can expect if they visit. My besties. besties. Okay, so yeah, so SK Art Space opened in 2018 and I co-founded it with two of my best friends, Jaren and Simone. And Simone is also an artist. And one day, like we together, we were doing like a bunch of exhibitions throughout Brooklyn and the city, just like at cafes and art parties and different things like that. But we were like, we want something a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more upscale, right? Not your average cafe. And it's not Manhattan, but like, you know, do a nice little wall space, make it a little fancy. And so we wanted to create this space for our community so that they can have the same experiences that you have when you're on 21st and 8th Street in the gallery district where we're not like welcomed in those spaces, right? And so to create a space of our own for our community so that they have the same experience was just so critical for us. And so we opened the space. And then the pandemic happened and we had to physically close the space two years later. And so we closed the space, but we figured out a way to transform digitally and still create those opportunities for artists to display and exhibit within the same fashion. It took us a very long time to figure that out digitally. Like the whole virtual transformation when the pandemic happened was a whole thing. And so during that time, we figured out how are we going to go from physical to virtual because a gallery space, you know, and so we figured it out and we're still up and running as a gallery space, virtually mobile, all the things were everywhere. And so we, we work in different cities, like we will curate in different cities. And so now we're just, we're all over, but so yeah, that, that is SK art space still working on that and many other All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans. And it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. 
Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things, too. I love that. I love that you are creating space where, for us, Right. And one of the things that we know is the healing that comes from various forms of art. Right. But it's not always accessible. So why is art and creation important for the community at large from your perspective? And what are you doing to make it accessible for the community at large? I'll be honest, and I feel like this is a very biased statement. I feel like creative people are the most important people in this world. And art is so crucial because without us, I'm not quite sure what this place would be like architects and social engagement designers. And I mean, Creative people are so necessary to just the function of life, just period, visually, colors, selecting colors, change moods and brighten up could help your, it's it's just, art is so beneficial on so many different levels that it's so critical to have access to that. And so access is another thing, right? Access is another thing. And so I I feel like I'm, I'm so passionate about what I do because I know that my community needs this work. They need the the outlet. They need the resources. They need the mentorship. They need something. I think just like on the, on the grand scheme of things, creating access for my community is like just so important because I know that the future, future generations are going to use this and use this information and the work that I've been doing to sort of further their careers and ambitions. Sometimes art is really slept on. Like people really be sleeping on the impact of art. And I think about how a lot of times when schools lose funding, it's like they cut the creative programming. And it's like, that's what the kids need for an outlet. You know, like it's so crucial. It really, really is. It it really is crucial, especially in this time right now, because I feel like communication is being lost for our generation because of what we're going through just virtually and just all the things that are changing in the world right now. 
we're like becoming more digitally inclined, which means that we're we're not communicating. We don't need to communicate anymore. We can communicate digitally. And I feel like the social engagement is becoming awkward. We're losing our skills on how to to communicate with other people. And so art sort of like, we kind of use it to sort of help students to communicate or people rather communicate visually. Like sometimes that can help you figure out how to say certain things or articulate certain things. And art is very important into to that regards because we're losing, I feel like we're losing interaction as the years go by, we're losing that that face-to-face interaction. And art is going to be like super critical in those moments. I wholeheartedly agree. I see it on college campus that like as we are coming back in person, like, and not just the kids, but like us grown folks who have lived long before and have been in communication with each other long before. But I also see how important it is for no matter what age we're at, how art can help us, right? I also think about, like I think about like my nieces and nephews and the importance of seeing themselves in the art. And so, Melissa, you're a black woman of Costa Rican descent. That's not something that we talk about in America enough, right? Of what the full black and African diaspora really is like. And since we know representation is so important, what has your journey to self-discovery and seeing yourself represented in spaces, what has that been like? These are some really good questions, y'all. Very loaded because I feel like I'm 30 plus now and I feel like I haven't really figured it out until just recently. Like I was searching even like throughout college and I feel like college is the time where you're like learning yourself, young adults, you're like figuring all the things out. But even after college, I feel like I still didn't tap into who I really was. Right. And I think the more that I started creating art and then I started to need to write bios is when I started to really dive into what my identity is and how I want to, I guess, represent myself. Weird. I don't know. And so at one point, you know, I, I would identify as black. And then one point I, I want, I didn't want to be identified as African-American. I remember being like 13 years old being like, I am not African-American. And I remember, I don't know why I remember those conversations, but I remember them as like the 12 year old saying, I'm not this and I'm not that. And never telling people that I was Costa Rican. I never told anybody I was Costa Rican in college. Like no one knew these things. And then when people found out, they were like, you're Costa Rican. That doesn't make any sense. Like, how were you Costa Rican? And so I started to tell people like, yeah, I I actually am Costa Rican. I'm a dual citizen. Like I... Actually, like I live there sometimes. I don't speak the language, but very immersed in the culture. My parents lived there. They were born and raised there. They still live there. So the journey, I feel like, started to really pick up when I was in my 30s and I needed to identify myself. And I'm like, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. Black, African-American, Jamaican, African, Costa Rican. I'm like, all the things, Right. I think that it was important for me to do that so that I could understand what type of work that I was creating as well. Because as you get deep into your work, you got to understand what you're creating and why. And for me, it happened backwards. Like I didn't say in my mind, oh, I'm going to create a black woman that's X, Y, and Z. And okay, now I'm going to find the pieces that put the piece. It was like backwards. Like the pieces found me, then I put them together. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, is happening in this piece of art right now. And then I would have to sit down with it and be like, what is this? So it was like, my work happens backwards. Like the pieces find me. I create the piece. 
And then I have to sit back and sort of analyze and break down what it is that I subconsciously created, almost as if I didn't create it. So like a movement spirit sort of creates through me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a part of your identity too, like a part of your process. It's a part of your artistic process. I feel like representation really matters. And I don't remember growing up seeing anything or any work that reminded me of culture or history or Black people or anything. Like, I don't remember learning about Black art. Mm. You know, even in college, maybe like a few pieces, but art history was about. Mm -hmm. That's so deep. Yeah. That's, I think that's just so, it sounds therapeutic, your process. But when you said that, it made me think back to college in my art history class. And we learned all about the white folk. We learned all about European art and all that. I don't, when you say that, I don't remember saying, I, I remember Alexander the Great. I remember this freaking, this piece of art that we had to analyze. I don't remember seeing no damn black art. And you know, right. was the first artist or whatever. So, you know, but that's a whole and other so episode. Now, right. So now I'm learning about all these black artists and I mm. feel like I'm in school catching up. So now I'm creating art and studying at the same time mm -hmm. on my own. I'm like, oh my God, like Micheline Thomas. Oh, Rashad Newsom, like all these black artists that no one told me about. Mm. I didn't even even I didn't even know black artists could be successful. It was never even a thought in my brain. Yeah. Like it was never a thought that I could be a black artist in America and make a substantial amount of money. Never a thought. But I always wanted to be an artist, but never saw it visually. And I feel like that hindered me low key. Mm -hmm. hindered me because I went to school for art. I didn't have any mentors. And so I kind of was just like going rogue in a sense. I knew that it was something that I loved, but I didn't have guidance and I didn't have any visual guidance either. And I felt like if I did, that would have helped me further along, like to see other black women artists who mm -hmm. are making a difference in the industry. Yeah. Never got a chance to see that until now. And I feel like that motivates me. Yeah. You know, when I see people like Micheline Thomas, who's a, a collage artist, and her work is in the Brooklyn Museum and the MoMA and the Guggenheim and the Tate, Ma like all these places. And I'm like, wow, I wish I could have seen that when I was in college or high school or anywhere. Mm. So representation really matters. I, I still think that we're still very far behind in terms of representation, but it's getting somewhere. And so I'm working on a lot of things right now. So I just got accepted to Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore. So I'll be getting my Master's of Fine Arts. Congratulations. Hey, congrats. Okay, okay, okay. Ew. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm like the only black girl in my prog program, which is always a thing for me. I got really? my master's of education in Spr Springfield College, yeah. only black person in my class. And so I'm really interested to experience this program because I feel like now that I know so much more about myself, and I'm very vocal and I can articulate my feelings. Oh, I'm ready for grad school. What y'all got for me? Cause I'm here at this table, honey. And I got a lot to say. Okay. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady. As you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories, and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR, 
Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, You'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Where is ready is at. <laughs> Period. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing, Melissa. So, for the young artist, right, that's listening to this episode, and she's like, oh, "Melissa is me. Like that's that's my people. Like I want to be an artist. I want to do this professionally." My family said, "You can't make no money doing art," and people are saying this. What would you say to shoot younger Melissa or to that woman that's listening? who now has that moment of like, wow, I can actually do this as a career. Like what advice would you share with her? Research. Research now is a huge part of my practice. It helps me to understand the internet, Google, listen, take advantage of it while we have it now. Cause I think we go into a metaverse three, 7.5. I don't know. But while we are here with the internet, use it as a resource. I would say research look up black women artists because that is is so it's so inspiring to see another woman that looks like you that's kicking doors down. It's like, oh I'm about to join her to kick these doors down. It makes you feel that way. And I think that's important to see so that you can feel in your heart so that when you're moving forward, you're moving with with heartstrings. So the actions are different when you're moving in heartstrings, right? No one could tell you anything. And I think that's important too, because in this journey, when you're trying to get to the top, people are going to tell you you can't make it to the top and you will believe that and turn back around. But when you're moving with heartstrings, it's like, no one can tell me anything because I'm making it to the top with or without you, bro. So I would say do research and look up like whatever it is that you're interested in to do more research about it. Like look it up, look it in different cities, look up salaries, look up people, look up Zodiac signs of people who do what you do. Research. All that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And at this time, Melissa, I feel like it will be a really good time for us to just shift up the energy of this conversation. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet, and you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music, okay? We want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Yes. Your facial expression. Yes. I love it. So now that you've agreed, Melissa, we're going to tell you what to expect. Okay. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to have you choose a number between one and three. And we have a photo pulled up of you on the big screen that we're going to share with you. And we want you to choose the photo and share with us some context about this photo that we don't know. And we wouldn't know by just looking at it. So we're going to go ahead and dive on in. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Dr. Dom. Our first question, it could be bougie, classy, or ratchet, depending on how you choose to answer it. Our first question is, 
What's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Fake it till you make it. Best advice ever received in my life. Say more. What does that mean to you? That right there has gotten me through life. Fake it till you make it. I love it. What does that mean to you, Melissa? I want to know more. I'm like, oh, tell us more about fake it till you make it for you. Sometimes when you need to get ahead and you don't know how you're going to get there, sometimes you got to tap into that childhood imagination where we used to like fly in school buses and we end up in Egypt and somehow we (laughs) got there. We got there. Okay. And we faked it until we made it. So it's kind of like this. It's it's like the same concept. Like you're trying to get somewhere. Sometimes you're just going to have to put on a facade and act like you are supposed to be in that space where you are and you make it work. Learn as you go. Face the fear. Just go. Boom. And I have had to do that many, many times. I love it. I love it. Melissa, I have four words for you. Okay. Twerk or two-step? What you doing? Twerk. <laughs> yes. That's what I like to hear. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me twerking. It's summertime. It's about to be summertime. Uh, it's twerking time. It's twerking okay, season. Okay. It is. It is. <laughs> twerking season. It is. <laughs> now, speaking of twerking season. What is the sexiest item you own? This might be a little ratchet, y'all. We We like ratchet. Okay. The sexiest item that I own might be some rope. Ooh. Okay. And this is not for our project. This is not for our project, (laughs) y'all. It could be. Because in the spirit of creativity, okay, this is VR. Okay, <laughs> she said, "I think it's art. I like it. I like y'all. Might have to give me some rope now." Yes, if you go online, and the reason why I'm so into it is because you go online, and the professionals create these super elaborate designs with the rope. It's, it's meant for restriction, but they have turned it in such an art. They create these elaborate nets and designs with the rope, and I just really love it. it it's art. It's art. I love it. I'm going to look this yes. up. Yes. Right okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Sexual art. Now, Might be the sexiest thing that I own. We like, we like sexy. We, we like, like rope. Better. I'm about to have to order me some rope now, Melissa. So, Melissa, yeah. we have some sentence completions for you, okay, girl? So, the first one is, one question or topic that I wished people asked me about more often is... My culture. Mm. About, like, you know, my, my identity, like Costa Rica. That would be a... Yeah, people ask me that. Since we're here... Your next sentence completion is one thing I wish people knew about my culture is that there are black people there. There are black people in Costa Rica. Lots of them. There we go. Right. Right. (laughs) We everywhere. Everywhere. We everywhere. Okay. Legitimately everywhere. Yes. Even in Hong Kong. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Melissa, we have one last sentence completion for you before we jump into this photo, okay? And that sentence completion is what I love most about myself is my ability to conceptualize and bring my thoughts into like real life. Mm. That's Ooh, I love that. That's amazing. Visionary, bringing stuff to fruition. We love it. We love it. And last but not least, Melissa, we need you to choose a number between one and three, and we will reveal the photo. Three. Three. Yo, three is a popular number. I feel like a lot of people choose three. Okay, let's go ahead and show you this photo. Now, Melissa, everyone will not be watching the video. They'll be tuning into the audio, perhaps. So if you can explain the photo that we're looking at and then give us some context that we would not know by looking at this photo. 
this was the photo I was talking about, like, you know, doing the exhibits in the cafes and stuff. Remember I talked about that yes. earlier in the interview? This is a photo from one of those cafe shows. And it just really brings me back to a time, 2016, when I was doing cafe shows. Tell us about the piece that you made there. Because I saw the hashtag, I didn't use the condoms. And I was like, wait, are those condoms in there? <laughs> wow. but you know what? This is really fun to look at because... Yeah. I'm reading it like, did I? I wrote that, huh? I put those hashtags there. I didn't use the condoms, I swear. <laughs> I was really inspired by a piece of artwork that I've seen that had condoms in it. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was creating a body bodies and bodies of work around the heart and love and passion. Mm. And I wanted to experience with the texture of condoms. And so that's what that was. That was an experiment. And it's beautiful that too. It is I really so- it got a lot of attention, obviously, but. <laughs> I love it. And right in time for Valentine's Day, I see it was posted right around that February timeline. So I love it. I love it. Beautiful piece of art. Melissa, we just want to celebrate you and thank you for the work that you do, for the representation that you're providing for the next generation and for us, right? Thank you for sharing your story, for educating us and just being so transparent and open. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. This was such an amazing conversation. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. And we know that our listeners also enjoyed this conversation and they want to, they're going to want to know where can they find you? Where can they follow you so that they can see that piece of art and understand the meaning behind, I didn't use any condoms, I swear, right? (laughs) Like they want, they're going to want to know. So where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at Melissa SK the Artist. You can also check out my website, which is www.melissasutherlandart.com. Thank you so Thank much, you. Melissa. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.